after the timeout. Holden Edmund will now try again. A 42-yard field goal out of the hold of Austin Fisher. There's the snap and hold. Kick on the way by Jackson. End of the end. And it is good! is down the pipe and Maddie Light. Welcome Cyclone fans to another episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm your host, Levi Stevenson, joined once again by Marchy Murdoch. How's it going, March? Going good, man. How about you? Oh, just getting through it, man. It's it's just a tough, tough yeah. loss last week. Yeah, t- very tough, very tough. So it's just one of those things where it just, yeah, it was, it was tough. It, it, it really tough loss, and it just felt like I like I just did not want to have to sit on that loss this long. But mm-hmm. here, here we are. Um, we'll get into that a little bit last that last week. We'll preview the Kansas game a little bit. Uh, before we get into that, we should say thank you to our sponsors over at Stoss Bar and Girl Names. Been sponsors for with us for a long time. Uh, we re- really appreciate their support. Um, you know, Taco Tuesday specials, Burger Wednesday, FAC specials on Friday, uh, unlimited tacos eleven to three every single day. Great game day specials on Saturdays, whether it's home or away game. Um, so if you don't have a place to tailgate during the day, you can always head on to, down to a Stoss to get good drinks and food. Um, but otherwise, uh, great place to eat, great place to watch a game. So definitely head on down there uh, when you get a chance. All right, March. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about last week because I know mm-hmm. we were texting a little bit during the game, and I know both of us had had some thoughts on the offense. Um, right. Which at times, you know, you know, right there at the end of the first half, and a little bit there in the fourth quarter when they were playing with urgency or they were playing down by three touchdowns. The offense pushed the ball downfield. They were aggressive. Mm-hmm. They 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 threw the ball. Um, you know they had Dimitri Stanley on that touchdown. Had Jalen Noll for a big gain. You know when they were playing with urgency, the offense looked explosive. The rest of the game was a bunch of d- nonsense, dink and dunk shit that just doesn't make any sense. Right. And I know you and I were both pretty frustrated with that. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure what to do with this because like I mean. It's a, it's an uh, offense that we ran a lot with Brock Purdy and and Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler, but we don't have those mm-hmm. three guys. We have a different. We have you know I think we you know Hunter's really talented. Dimitri Stanley's you know he's really fast. Xavier isn't obviously an exceptionally good receiver, and Jarrell Brock is a, <laughs> is a solid running back. Maybe not like Brees Hall or Dave Montgomery, but certainly very solid. Um, but right. you know it's different personnel now. What well, you know, I mean, do you think it, to me it doesn't seem like the offense has adjusted to the personnel. Uh, it. First off, I want to give credit to Baylor. Um, Dave Aranda is one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the country. Um, if not one of the best, I mean, I mean, we saw with that LSU team a couple of years ago again. Like I talked about last week, man. He's he's a very smart and defensive coach with that being said man I, I just don't think our scheme put any pressure on that defense whatsoever in the game really at all I would agree um 
look like we're good we've we've continued to say this um you've got to be able to stretch the football down the field uh 100% I, I i think it's even more stressful because i'm watching teams in our conference do the exact same thing that we preach with probably lesser talent at the wide receiver position than us. Maybe it's I, slightly better. I would, again, I mean, I would say if you looked at like Baylor's secondary versus our receivers, I think we had a clear advantage. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt that they're in a good scheme with coach Aranda, but there was nobody that maybe like their lap. There was nobody like the guys that they had maybe last year. That was like, man, he's a really good football player, and you could put him at you know any school, and they would be good football players. Sure. Um, you know, I like that we got Jalen Noel involved. Um, I like, obviously, we're always going to get Hutchinson involved, but you know, we don't. And I think a lot of Noel's catches was kind of more later in the game uh yeah yep I, I do i do believe he had a he had a decent amount of yards probably like 67 yards but he ended up with around 120 i think a lot probably around 50 of those yards came later in the game when we're up when you're down you know three scores it's, it's a defense doesn't have the same defense as it did right you know once once you kick off early in the game so i think our offense being able to move the ball was Partly, you know, some of that, which which I hate changing it up once you get up three scores because, you know, we had a chance to make the game really interesting um, towards the end of the game. But all in all, they won. I just think we've got to be able to stretch the football down the field. We're doing a lot of things that it, it just doesn't really – make any sense it doesn't put any pressure on the second the back end the secondary of a threat of throwing it deep again if you are covering if you're a defensive back and you are only worried about 20 to 25 yards of the field you know within those that 20 and 25 yards you're not like it's going to be so much easier to play against an offense like that than a team that stretches the football down the field. Uh, you know, they, they're creative in their scheme. I don't think we use any type of creative plays in the game. Yeah, I mean, I Baylor, agree. at least the Baylor scored on a, you know, kind of a double reverse backwards pass or backwards, you know, shovel pass or whatever to the quarterback and their receivers wide open. Where's our type? Where's those type of plays for us? I mean, right. you know, when, and, and even you can even attest when we got a situation where we're up seven or 14, we, we, we don't even call those calls when we're up seven or 14 to where we can, you know, really put, you know, the game out of reach. You know, and and it's it's frustrating. I don't know who's – I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to say it's anyone's fault, specific person, 
but we need to figure it out. And you're not gonna you're not gonna win be ever be a championship team in this conference if you cannot stretch the football down the field and make people fear you deep. If you're just gonna be a twenty to twenty five yard team, it's gonna be so much easier for teams to guard you. Um, I mean, I'm even seeing Kansas stretch the football down the field and they're winning games with the dynamic quarterback because they can stretch the football down the field and then they have a run game that people are fearing also with the dual threat quarterback. This offense is a good offense. It could be, it could be great if we just allow our receivers to go down the field and make plays. The one pass I really would consider a deep ball, and it was probably like a 25 to 30-yard pass, was a Dimitri Stanley catch for the touchdown. And you see that happen, and then the very next, like, couple, we come out the third quarter, and it's just dink and dunk and dink and dunk. They just got away from it entirely. It's it's just so... yeah, it's, it's like it, they threw it, the ball down the field. They're like, you know what? We're good for today. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so, again, it is so hard to drive down the football field versus these talented players and these talented coaches. For sure. In this conference and in any conference and consistently have 12 to 15 yard drives. Right. You just you're not gonna win you're not gonna score have scoring drives like that. You're not. You have to have big plays. They literally while I was at Iowa State, we had a chart every Sunday. We had a goal of having four big four big plays in the passing game and like six or I think it was seven in the run game. All right. But if you aren't really running the football like that, you've got to get it somehow in the passing game. Right. And, you know, the passing game is a little bit more easier to get, especially in the Big 12. It should be a lot easier to get more big plays in the passing game. Right. Um, I think it's even, like I said, I think it's even more frustrating, man, that you're watching Texas and Texas Tech and you're watching Kansas play Duke and you're watching, you know, Kansas State, you know, and they don't even really throw the ball deep, but they're utilizing their guys and they're winning. They're having winning plays versus OU and then OU's, you know, able to stretch the football as well. Um, You know, obviously they lost, but they were able to stretch the football down the field with big plays. And it seems like we're the only team in the conference that doesn't do that. Right, and it's frustrating because, again, like you're not going to win, you're not going to be able to be successful like that. I mean, Trust you're, hand, you're handicapping yourself by not you're by not having a vertical yourself. offense. Yeah, I mean it's you know, uh, yeah, I mean it's frustrating, you know. And the uh, Baylor threw it deep on us, and they were successful, and you know. They had a, I mean, their leading receiver receiver doesn't even have a, over a hundred yards this season, right? So, why is Baylor doing it and we don't? Like, we don't put Xavier Hutchinson in position to just say, you know what? Let's just give our best player the ball and see if he can 
make a play down the field. Right. Or let's put Jalen Noel in the slot like he is and try and get a man to man on the safety and let him win and let him win downfield with space. We don't do that at all. Right. I mean, it's to the point where it's like, okay, like something's got to give now. Like you've got to be seeing this on film. Right. You know, like don't tell me it's the players. These are the players that you wanted, that you recruited. Yep. So let's rock, you know, and I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not happy about it at all. Uh, about the game, especially on offensive end, because I think we lost the game on offensive end. I think the defense did enough, in my opinion. I think the defense did enough. I mean, there was there was times in that in that Baylor game where, I mean, there were some questionable calls, and I think the football the defense gets off the field if those questionable calls just aren't called. They were blatant, sure, you know, negative plays for us. So I think. Even in that instant, like, you know, LA, I mean, uh, Iowa State, you know, we gave up, what, 31 points? But, I mean, two scores came on, you know, bad penalties on third and long where we're coming off the football field. Um, I think the defense did. They, they obviously made mistakes. Uh, but they, I mean, you know, if you watch the full football game, they did enough for us to win. The offense didn't even score in the third quarter. Um, and when when you just have quick drives, three and out, three and out, that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And they just came off the field. That affects you, and and you get fatigued. Like not only does the offense need to move the football to score points, but heck, if your defense is on the sideline, they're getting rested up. Uh, so I, I thought we dropped the ball again um, on offense. And again, we, we saw these issues beginning in week one. We saw it against Iowa. We saw it against, you know, Ohio last week where we could see it coming. And, you know, when you face a good team like Baylor, man, they're, they're not just going to let you just dink and dunk and methodically move the football down the field. That's not going to happen. So, again, we've got to be able to, you know, we got to be able to do something, man, because if not. I mean, it, um, it feels like the offense right now is playing, is playing so, so it, it, it's playing so extraordinarily turnover averse that the, the, mm-hmm. we're not, we're just, we're taking all risk out of the game, which unfortunately, mm-hmm. one, you can't do it as demonstrated by the fact that I was saying has turned it over this year a few times or whatever. Mm-hmm. And two, if you try to remove as much risk as possible from the game, you're also removing reward because in football, for the most part, there is no such thing as, as without risk, but there is, there are ways to, to capitalize on that risk and to invest in it. And there, and, and right now I would say it's not taking advantage of that. They're not, they're not pushing the ball downfield to to Demetri Stanley or to Xavier Hutchinson or Jalen Knoll or or whoever until they like until the three scores down and it doesn't make any sense at all. Why you would choose to play the game the ball control game, knowing full well that you're ex- more that you can have a more explosive offense by just calling it that way, you know, knowing that you you already have the horses to run, 
an explosive vertical offense and you just choose not to for the sake of ball control, to me, I mean, I, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I get it that like, if you're, if you're playing, if you play with a more explosive offense, yeah, sometimes you might end up with third and outs with, you know, you might end up with some more three and outs, but you also might end up with more touchdowns in the end. You need more scores. You need more points than the other team. And right now, you know, there's not a lot of faith that Iowa State is going to score a lot more points than the other team because the the offense has such little flow and just doesn't make a lot of sense right now. There just isn't a lot going positively for Iowa State's offense right now. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if it isn't a drive where we're able to just dink and dunk and maybe get like a decent 10, 15-yard gain, we're just – we can't do anything else. And, and I mean, in like it's it just and it seems like too. If you get Iowa State in second and long, like if you force a force a no or small gain on first down, like it doesn't feel like Iowa State has the offensive momentum right now to 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 uh, come back from that to to convert mm-hmm. a second and long. It just doesn't feel like it right now. I mean, they might, yeah. they, you know, they might hit the oddball play here and there that gets a first down, but it just feels like if Iowa State isn't at or ahead of the sticks most of the time, like it's just like the offense just isn't moving. Yeah, you know, we can see like the ninety-nine drive yard, ninety-yard drive, ninety-nine yard drive against Iowa, where once they're in a, on a roll and they're moving, they're they're in a good rhythm. The offense is good, but one, you're not gonna be able to pull off twenty-three yard plays. 20, mm-hmm. Sorry, you're not gonna be able to pull, pull 23 play drives all the time. You're not gonna be able to do that. Um, but two, you know, when when you take a holding penalty or a false start or something on first down, now it's announced for first and 15. Right now, it feels like that's just a death sentence for that drive. Like you might as well just punt it on first down. Mm-hmm. If you get, if they get to first and 15, you might as well just punt it because they're just there's just not a lot of confidence there. Because for whatever reason, I was we just don't like pushing the ball down the field, which is what you would do in that scenario. You try to pick up a chunk play to get most of it back, most or all of it back right away and try to get to second and six or something like that. But right Mm -hmm. now we don't really do that. We throw something, then we check it down to the running back and they get four. So now it's second and 11 and then they get another five or six. Now it's third and four and they get stuffed on a run or something like that. And then they punt it right away. So it's, I don't know. I, I'm really frustrated. I'm just I'm just frustrated by the fact that our offense just seems entirely uninterested in taking advantage and, of the, in taking advantage and, of the of the of the players they have at their disposal. And you know, in previous years you say, "Okay, well, you know, we can kind of use the Kansas game as a game where we can get our groove back." Well, now <laughs> Kansas is good now. I mean, I mean, you know, we can go into Lawrence and, and play like we did last week, and we can get our butts beat by three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. um, they're playing extremely well on offense, and that um, J- is it, Jaden Daniels, Jalen Daniels, yeah, Jalen Daniels. He's playing very well. Kid I mean, play. kid can play. He's 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 playing so well that he should probably be getting some Heisman nods. You know, like he's right. he's playing that good of football. Uh, he's throwing the ball well. They're using him in in the run game. He's a dual threat guy. Like we've got our hands full this week, so we can't go out there and have uh, three and outs. We can't go out there and not be able to move the football and score points and stretch the football down the field. 
Um, because again, this Kansas team is very improved. I mean, they've beat quality, like pretty solid teams in Houston. They've beaten now. I, I don't know if West Virginia is a, a solid team, but anytime you can win in Morgantown, that's a tough place to play. And that was what one of the first. I think it was either the first or the second game, and it's Kansas. I mean, right. Let's be honest here. No one had them winning that game in West Virginia. So, you know, let's not not give credit where it's due. Then they go to Houston, where Houston is, you know, one of the favorites in their conference in the AAC. And they go down there and they pretty much dominate that game. Then you play a Duke team, which, you know, I I know people aren't just saying, you know, talking about Duke. But at the same time, man, that place in, in Lawrence was 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 sold out, and they played well again. You know, against a Duke team that, you know, that's a bold team. So this isn't the same Kansas team that we've seen, where you know they may have some. They, you know, Kansas has always really had some talented players. Um, you know, but it's just far as a team, they could never get it together. I mean, uh, what I now, know is that it, this weekend is not only a must win, but it is a must have yeah. your shit together. Like you, you I can't, mean, you can't mess around this weekend. I, I mean, it, at this point, it's like, if you can't beat Kansas, I mean, if, I mean, if everybody thought that, if everybody thought that social media wasn't, wasn't, was an absolute meltdown after last week, wait till yeah. you see what happens if they lose to Kansas. I mean, it's going to get ugly. You can't, if you can't beat Kansas and then you got Kansas State coming in next week and then what is it, Oklahoma State or uh, and then it's State? Texas, I think. And then it's what, Texas after that? So I think it's Oklahoma can I think it's Kansas Oklahoma. State, Texas, Oklahoma. So Kansas State, Texas, and Oklahoma are your next three games after Kansas, you're already on two. I mean, you know. Yep. Now we're you know, now we're talking, do we even I mean, honestly, it's 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 got to be discussed. Okay, we could make a bowl game because we can't beat Kansas right. again. Kansas has improved. Now we will see how improved here soon. I feel like they are a very improved team, and they'll I believe they'll score points on us this week. I think you know, just an early prediction. I think this is going to have to be. We have to score with well within the forties to win. Uh, I think their offense is that good and high powered. Um, I don't know about their defense. Uh, I'm pretty sure defense will give up points, but we it, like we can't go like you get two straight possessions where you don't score. You're down 14 or you're down 10. We're fighting an uphill battle, and you know with our offense, man, I don't know if we're in the position to be fighting these uphill battles. So. You don't have a chance now to kind of right the ship versus Kansas. No, you gotta like it's gotta go now. It's got it's gotta be right before you get to Lawrence. It's gotta be it's gotta be right before you get to Lawrence because if it's not, you're gonna get your butt whipped, and we're gonna be zero and two in the conference. You're gonna be staring. You're gonna be staring zero and five in the conference down the. You're gonna be staring down staring right down that barrel. And you're staring right down that barrel because you got K State, Texas, Oklahoma, and you still got to play 
you know, you still Texas play Oklahoma State, Tech, and Texas and Oklahoma Tech, State, and all that, and and, TCU. Yeah, I mean, I you still got to play the rest of that too. You know, there's, so there's no easy outs in this conference this year. There is no easy outs. And that's so, that's just they they just I, it's it's hard to state how critical this game is. Um because if if they come out and lay another dud, even if they win but they lay another dud and it looks stupid the whole time, like we're all going to be thinking well, what the hell? Like we can't we can't do this and expect to beat Oklahoma or to beat Texas or whatever. Like I don't know if Texas is actually that good, but what I do know mm-hmm. is that um or maybe is it, is it maybe it's West Virginia that's after Kansas State. I don't know. But either way, you know what I do know is that they need to have their shit. They need to, they need to get their shit together this week, and they needs to be ready to go by Saturday. Because what I know is if they go out on Saturday and they only score, if they score like twenty or below somehow, or they if they score like twenty one and it looks super bad or whatever, the the mm-hmm. the fan base is going to lose its patience for for the offense for Tom Manning. Like if they and if they full on lose to Kansas. I, you're going to see people like it's not going to be justified. Like it's going to be silly, but you're going to see people's like tweeting out like fire Matt Campbell or something like that. I guarantee you they will. There will be, it's going to be stupid and it's not going to make it like, it's going to be completely unjustified, but like people will say that cause they will be extremely angry and which I have my own thoughts on how I think our, our fan base on or at least on our social media fan base has become a little bit entitled. Um, but I think the offense, the offense cannot afford to look lost again this week. Like they, they looked last mm-hmm. week, like they had no identity. They didn't know what they wanted to do. And that's what it looks like to me is that the offense doesn't, doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it want like it thinks it wants to try to be what it was last year, but they realize they can't because they don't have the same people, but they're just not changing. They don't, they're, scared to change their what I don't know what it is but something isn't changing and something needs to change and that's that's my biggest fear is that this that in the past anyways that at times this program has been slow to make changes um now we in other times it's been quick like we saw like after the 2019 camping bowl camping world bowl or well be 2020 technically I guess after the camping world bowl where we just got our shit rocked by Notre Dame I mean, they fired me, but Rudy Wade basically got tarmacked or whatever, and and they got rid of him immediately and found a new strength coach, which seems to have been working, um, at least for at least for the most part. Um, but there's also been times where like they've reacted slowly, and they and like they're kind of a little bit stubborn in that they want to run, they want to run what they want to run, and they're just going to do it and then just kind of force fit players into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it seems like. That's what they've done the last few years. But like, if you look, yeah. but then if you look, let's like, look at like 2018 Kyle Kemp's coming back. We assume Kyle Kemp's going to be the start of the whole season wherever, you know, cause after the 2017 season, you know, he played really well, like, cool. We'll have him for a whole season. Gets hurt in the Iowa game. Goes, you know, goes down right away early on in the season. Zeb Nolan just kind of treads water there for a little bit. And, then Brock Purdy shows up against Oklahoma State. And then you know what they did? They didn't run Kyle Kemp's offense. Because Brock Purdy is a completely different player than Kyle Kemp. So they ran a Brock Purdy offense. And it was explosive. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Like they were they, like that offense was a lot of fun to watch. Now it helps when you have like a guy like Hakeem Butler where you can just you can throw yeah. it downfield and he's you know, we have a really nice explosive threat there. 
But like right. that team, I mean, they, they, they threw the ball down the field. I mean, they, they, that was a legitimately kind of explosive offense. Um, and they tried mm-hmm. that way and they weren't afraid to throw that because Brock Purdy wasn't afraid to throw, to, afraid to throw those balls. You know, he was still, he was still playing like the old fearless Brock Purdy that we wish we would have gotten for his entire career. Um, and so they, they adjusted to fit Brock Purdy, but they have not done that for Hunter Deckers. And I'm not sure why, because Hunter Deckers is not the same player as Brock Purdy was. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm not in practice every day. Maybe they're, maybe they try to run deep stuff in practice and it just doesn't work in practice. So they just say, screw it. We're not going to worry about it in the game type of thing. I don't know. Maybe that's the case, but what I'm seeing is on the field when they do try to pass the ball downfield and get and take big chunk plays on in the passing game, it works and they have the guys to do it. That's what I'm seeing on the field. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, I mean, it's just, but I'm really worried. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. Um, you win this game, you kind of you're back on track. You know, you still can kind of control your destiny, and you know, see see how the season goes. You know, we can't now. You got a big game uh, with Kansas State at home, um, and a night game too, which I expect it to probably be the all black game. Just you know, yeah, it's a, it's a night game with Kansas State. Yeah, no more black. Yeah, no more black. that'll probably be the all black game. Um, but I mean, you you got to figure out a way to win this game. It's just it's just fact of the matter is, and you know, um, I haven't really talked about the defense much. Um, to me, I, to me, the defense has been very solid. We think they're we we think they're really good, but for the most we don't really know because they haven't played like a super there, high end offense yet. There was there were certain instances where I was frustrated with the defense, like for the, sure. I, I just I just didn't understand how the toss plays were really working. Um, that they ran, um, there was a lot. Baylor kind of exposed this a lot as far as just throwing the football kind of in that. Uh, fifteen to twenty yard they, middle they, of the they field punished range. Us, they punished us in the deep middle a few different times, like against mm-hmm. a, like we were running a cover two, yeah. and they punished us right behind the linebacker right there in that in yeah. that deep middle. They hit us there a few different now, times. I will say that having Bo out, um, from the first drive that, that definitely hurt. That hurt big um, time. I know. I will say that one bright thing that I liked in that game on the defensive side was. Malik, Malik Verdon. Malik, Malik Verdon was a Verdun. stud. He had a crazy good game. I mean, he he showed me some things. He showed some some speed that we haven't really seen at that like true speed at that position. Um, he's playing speed, but if you if you go back and look, like he's he's playing the run beautifully. Like he like he'll yeah, he'll slide outside. He's mm-hmm. just sitting in his gap, doing a really nice job, he, staying disciplined, and then just shoots it right when he gets a chance. Yeah. And like that, he made oh. he made some nice tackles coming down. Like not just like I tripped him and he failed. He kind of like he laid the wood and he filled the gap and he was in his right spot. And you could tell like, okay, 
you know, this kid's going to be pretty good. I mean, you know, it, he's a kid that, you know, in the middle of the season, maybe, you know, he may be a kid that we, we might, we got to figure out a way to get him on the field because he's making plays type of deal. Um, but obviously Bo's the guy <laughs> right now. I mean, he's just more experienced. Probably Malik Verdon was, you know, as far as the passing game goes, he, he might not have been up to speed in that instant, but he got some really good quality reps in a, in a, in a, you know, a big time game versus a quality opponent. So that kind of puts him ahead, you know, as far as his timetable and, and, you know, he'll be, you know, mid season, he can be pretty much, you know, one of those guys. Now we can rotate in and keep guys fresh and just different stuff like that. So I thought he was a really good bright spot, but, you know, obviously we need Bo back in. Um, and you know, the only bright spot about that call is that it was, you know, it wasn't, it's not in the second half, so he doesn't have to miss this game. Um, so I mean, uh, I tried, I'm gonna try and you know, not talk about the refs, uh, you know, just because I will do it for one point, one short phrase at this point, it's like it's it's getting tiring. So, and Anthony Johnson's below the blo- below the waist block below the waist call was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. In in a history of our football team getting yeah. screwed by some ridiculous penalties, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I think it was one of the worst. I think it was the worst call. I think it was worse than my call. Do you think it was worse than Xavier Hutchinson's taunting call? That was the one I was like, I'm. I, that's the one I'm where I'm thinking. Well. Xavier's was worse still, but I think that it was worse. And the reason was because they first off, how do you block below the waist and you're on defense? Excellent question. The penalty is supposed to, I think the penalty is supposed to prevent offensive linemen from diving into like the knees of defensive linemen. Right. Yeah, like the first thing they've got to do is they got to change the name of that. We're not blocking. No shit. So, because uh, when they call block below the waist, I'm like, oh, this is on the offense. Right. And then and they call number one of the defense. So what the like, fuck are you talking about? What? Uh, but it, it's, it, it's crazy to me that a, like the guy was probably like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He was... He would, he came down to Anthony's level and they hit shoulder to shoulder. And I'm just trying to figure out where in the world did he, did the ref see that he blocked them below the waist? Like there, it wasn't really a full speed bang, bang type of play where you're like, first okay, off, the first contact you know, on the hit was shoulder to shoulder. Was shoulder to shoulder. The second the, part of that was directly the into the guy's waist, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is pretty much textbook. Like, and you know, and then you know, Coach Campbell's going off, and you know, initially the ref's not even trying to hear what he has to say, and they won't even they refuse to look at the jumbotron and say. Dang it, I messed up. 
not even a day did I miss that. I'm gonna, I mean, you know, like it's, you know, I I hate that Coach Campbell's always gonna take the high road because they're always gonna screw us until he says something. Uh, you know, most coaches, you know, like let's let's say just hypothetically, if Nick Saban feels like he gets screwed, he's gonna say something about it. Um, and I know Coach is always gonna take the high road. Well, and shout out to Matt Campbell though for calling a t- for calling a timeout specifically to cut a, to cuss out yeah. the refs. <laughs> yeah, and you know the refs, yeah, because he had to call a timeout because the ref refused to come over there to listen to what he had to say. You know, like now he's got to blow a timeout because no, you're going to talk to him on this one because this is the third questionable call, and this is the worst one. And trust me, the first two were very bad. Because then later on in the game, the Baylor dude does the same thing and targets our guy and hits him to the crown of our helmet. And we, I think you even called a timeout for that, but nothing happens. You know, and, and I'm just like, what is the rule? What is the rule? He didn't, and, you know, if he hit him in the crown of his helmet, fine. Okay. Um, he didn't hit him in his helmet, he hit him in his shoulder. So what are we talking about? And then the Baylor dude hits, you know, Jarrell Brock with the crown of his helmet on his helmet, and there's no call. So I I just, at some point, you've got to, you've got to kind of draw that line in the sand and say, yeah, man, there's no more, like, we might have to take the fine, you know, because it's going to continue to happen. It's kind of like if you're being bullied, some point you got to stand up to the bully, um, and I think I think me personally, uh, I think Coach Campbell's got to say something. You got to say, "Look, the refs are horrible." <laughs> like, and I know you guys are going to find me, send it in, but you need to figure this stuff out and stop giving us refs that are going to hurt the result of the game because you can make you could say that you know it's it's not the ref's fault but the fact of the matter is if it's third down and long on those on those plays if they are in a third if they're in a fourth down and long because they don't call those plays they punt the ball and they probably end up with three points at the half. We're up 14 to three. This is a different game going into the third quarter. But now it's a 17-14 game. And on top of that, one of our best players is out the game. You know, and, and they went out of their way. Like they're about to run the next play. And the they get the signal to, you know, the targeting signal or whatever from the people that are watching, wherever they're watching the Big 12 conference. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like, if we're going to deliberately go out our way to screw Iowa State, like, you've got to say something to me. But I'm done with the refs. Yeah, let's move on. Let's them. move on uh, before we both um, get upset. <laughs> um yeah. So, so we basically, gotta, for, for me anyways, I kind of get your key for this weekend because 
for me anyways, if if Tom Manning decides to grow a pair of balls and throw down the field, I think Iowa State wins by a couple touchdowns. If not, there's a, a there's a non there's a, a greater than thirty or there's a greater than forty percent chance that Kansas wins if Tom Manning decides to continue to be I'm just gonna say it, decides to continue to be a coward. <laughs> like I know that's a strong word, but like that's that's how it feels like the offense is playing right now. They're playing it feels like they're playing scared. And if he continues to call it a scared offense, then Iowa State could absolutely lose this game. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. This is this is this. No, I like Coach Man. That's my guy. So I, I I won't say anything bad. He knows he knows his love of a year. Uh, I just I don't think I he's a bad guy. He, I just you know. <laughs> yeah. I just I just gotta. I we got. He's got to give our guys more opportunities down the football field. You know, you got to scheme it. You know, uh, they're doubling Xavier, which they weren't. I don't, I don't even think they were. Like, let's let's get him some. Let's get him some deep overs. Let's get Xavier over the middle of the field. Let's get him some space where he can make some yards after the catch. Like, it's just, you know, like let's get creative. Let's let's do something. Like, I just feel like our our plays are very predictable again and. Predictable you know, and vanilla. Yeah. Um, sometimes we, you know, our, I think our most creative play is when we kind of sit in the wide receiver and we kind of play action and just throw a slight little flat route to them and let them kind of run after the catch. That's probably our most creative play that we've seen so far this year. So, um, you know, that's my guy, though. But um, I, I would like to see him get more creative and give the receivers more. Uh, down the field targets but um i mean yeah man i mean if you're going into this week as an iowa state fan i'm not i'm not confident at all we win this week uh, i think it's going to be a high scoring game uh i have confidence our defense that that they can make plays but man this the, the, the one thing that we have struggled with is guys that let's say we do got good coverage this Daniels kid can, you know, it could be a third and 10 and he can get you 11 through his legs. And it's just a scary situation. And I don't know if we have the linebackers to be able to run with him like that. As far as just if we did do a QB spy and it's just mono e mono, do we have the guy to be able to do that? Um, just for that personnel, that situation, I don't know. But of course, I'm rocking with my guys. Um, so you know, but I think this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be high scoring for sure. I would agree. I mean, I think if both teams are playing up to their potential, I think Iowa State's, I think Iowa State's the better team. If Kansas continues to play up to their potential and Iowa State continues to play sluggish, Kansas could definitely win this game. Um. So, let me get your offensive and defensive MVPs and get a score and special teams and get a score prediction. Uh, I mean, if it's high scoring, then my offensive MVP's got to be Hunter Deckers. 
Um, he's, I mean, he's just he's gonna have to not make boneheaded plays. Turnovers in this game is gonna be huge because if he turns the ball over, man, it's we can't have turnovers in this game. Just point blank period. We can't. You know, we do have one. Our defense is going to have to get one back type of deal or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with Hunter Decker's offensively, defensively. Um, our defensive backs are going to have to get tested again. Um, and I'm going to go with TJ Tampa. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. Maybe he's going to get his hands on the football. I predict that he gets a pick. This game, um, just a bold prediction, but I think he's going to get picked. And it may be towards the end of the game to seal the deal. So um, I'm going to go with TJ Tampa. And then um, special teams-wise, I'm going to just stick with the kicker. And my score prediction um, is 45-42 Iowa State. Okay, so you think we're putting points up. Yeah, I I I still think that that Kansas defense is shaky. That's fair. Um, I I, I I've seen those other teams score a lot of points, uh, but but the problem is now this year that their offense can also score a lot of points and they're being very efficient. So I do see them scoring a lot of points this game. I just think that you know we may make that one to two plays that we just got to make to win the game. Okay, so I'm going to say my offensive MVP here is got to be it's got to be Xavier Hutchinson because they're going to get him the ball no matter what. And as long as Tom Manning refuses to throw the ball down the field, then Xavier's going to have to do what he can after the catch. Um, and it's going to take a humongous individual effort from him. Um, so it's, it's Xavier Hutchinson for me. Back end defense. Um, this one is going to be Gary Vaughn. Gary Vaughn had a has had a rough couple weeks. He struggled a little bit against Iowa and struggled big time against Baylor. Um, Kansas is a very good running team, and they have a really good scheme. If Gary Vaughn is continuing to take bad pursuit angles. Kansas could gouge us pretty quick. So Gary Vaughn needs to be on his game and to know where he's going and to know where he's supposed to be this week. And if he is, and Iowa State stays stays home and does a nice job defending the run, Kansas could struggle because um, their their offense is built on running the ball. Um, and Jalen Daniels is a good passer, but he's not. But he's a better runner. Um, if Iowa State can bottle up that run, Iowa State's got a good got themselves a good chance. Um, that's easier said than done though. And, but Gary Vaughn being more solid against the run can go a long ways to fix that. Um, I'm going to say the punter, um, just because there's, even though Kansas defense probably isn't, isn't great. Um, being able to flip the field, he had Tyler Perkins had a couple really nice kicks last week. Um, he's, I think he's coming along really nicely. Uh, as long as he gets time to kick, he's pretty good. Um, so um, being able to flip the field, make Kansas drive a long ways, I think will go will be pretty helpful. If if they get short fields and stuff like that, we're going to be in trouble. So uh, punter there. Score prediction is going to be 31-28. I 
think Iowa State can hold down Kansas a little bit. They have the the two defenses they've or the the four defenses they've played so far. None of them are all that great, and a couple of them are really bad. Um, Iowa State's is very good, and it's specifically very good at what Kansas. It's stopping what Kansas is good at. Um, so I think their offense is going to slow down a bit. Um, they might turn it over a little bit. Um, that said, they're going to put some points up. Um, and I think I would say we'll do enough against a Kansas defense. That's probably not great. Um, they'll do enough to get out 31, 28 and I would say fans will probably be happy with it just to get out of Lawrence with a win. So, um, you got any final thoughts, March? Uh, win. Just win. Yeah, that's it. Short and short and sweet and to the point. So, uh, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm your host Levi. St- I've been your host Levi Stevenson, and uh, for my for myself and for Marchie Murdoch, everybody have a great rest of your week. Go Cyclones!